Welcome to the official podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel Indy West. Our desire is to make authentic disciples of Christ who worship Him, walk with Him, and work for Him. You can find more information about Harvest by visiting our website at www.harvestindywest.org or by downloading our app from your app store. We pray today's podcast will encourage your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 55, please. We've been on a series through um, the first 14 chapters of 1 Samuel. Uh, We've called this Life With, Life Without. Uh, We've seen some just amazing people in all sorts of ways. And um, I would actually like to finish that series up today in Isaiah 55. Um, As was just noted, uh, verse 3 is kind of a key verse for our time away. And I want to use this as a time to get you familiar with what we're going to be in. And I want to give you a charge today out of this. So let's spend about the next 30 minutes Uh, doing that together in Isaiah 55. Um, Come. Come and lean into the Lord. Okay? That's what we want to do. Let's lean into the Lord. So God, I ask for your help that you would just draw us to you, that you would be the one that is the center of our attention right now, that we would behold you in order to behold you bigger. So all eyes on you right now. Our attention is on you. You are the glorious one. You are the holy one. You are the almighty one. You are the creator one. And yet we get to read this text that is so inviting. The king of the universe invites us all to it. So draw us, I pray, in Christ's name, amen. Verse one, Isaiah 55. Come, come everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, he who has no money. She who has no money, come. Come buy, come eat, come. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price, come. I just say, what an awesome invitation. The creator of the universe, the God of all things, invites. Do you know that? So often I think we have this view of God as a put off God. God as a stay away, stay low and don't bother me kind of a God. (laughs) That's not what this is saying at all, is it? This is the total opposite of that. This is God actually declaring, no, come, come to it. What an awesome God. Come eat, come drink. By the way, scripture oftentimes references the eating of a meal as a bank or a banquet as time with the Lord. A couple examples of that. Isaiah 25 verse six says, on this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. Jesus said uh, the ultimate imagery giver after feeding the 5,000. 
He says this in John 6. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And a few verses later, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then I think of Revelation chapter 19, where it says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. I love to eat. I love to eat. And eating is something very special. As a staff, I've instituted it where we go out and we eat together every so often. We do that at least once a month together. We used to do it every week together. And just with times and schedules, it's a little harder to do that. But I am committed to that. Something happens when you eat with people. And here we have this invitation to come and eat. Scripture equates a life abiding with the Lord like that of invited guests to participate in the king's feast. Come, come. Come without money. Come without price. That is actually the part of the verse that strikes me the most. I can understand and kind of this idea that we have nothing to bring to offer to earn God's favor, to, to, to gain his attention. I mean, who are we? We're all sinners falling short of the glory of God. And yet, I understand the without money part because we are spiritually bankrupt in and of ourselves. But the without price part, that's the coolest thing. Do you understand that God is saying that come, come, and, and I'm not even charging anything. And by the way, this is no meal of spam. This is a king's feast. And he invites, come. Hey, church, the Lord's economy is unlike any other economy. This is one of the things that you and I struggle with because everything, even if, we, if it says it's free, we're always like, yeah, we know what's behind the free and the two-point font. <laughs> it's either free because they want your business for you to come back to spend your money. This is free without price. By the way, note in verse one that everyone, come everyone. By the way, everyone is invited, but note the qualifying statement of the everyone. Do you see that? It's everyone who thirsts. That's a really important statement to grab a hold of and see. It's everyone, but it's a particular everyone here. It's everyone who thirsts. People go after what they're thirsty for. People go after what they are thirsty for. So what are you thirsty for with life? 
I mean, for real. And actually, I think there's a number of things that we can be thirsty for. And yet, this is talking about one who is thirsty to be able to to be quenched, to be filled, to, to have the food along with the king, the creator of the universe. What people thirst for is what they yearn for. And what people thirst for and what they yearn for is what they give their life to. And this is talking about that idea. This is an invitation and it's open to everyone who is thirsty. Come, everyone who thirsts comes to the water. Have no money, come. Have no price to it, just come. I'll just say this, maybe for you at this point in time in life, just being real, maybe there's no thirst for the Lord for you. I want for you to know this, and I mean this seriously and sincerely. When the time comes and you have a thirst for the Lord, come. Come. If what we're doing and what we're talking about is not of interest to you, just know this, tuck this in the back of your head, okay? Because there will come a day when all of the shiny objects of life just disappoint and you thirst for something more. Just know this. The Lord still says, just come. Just come, okay? What a sweet invitation. So after this divine invitation to come, there's a divine question that we need to ask ourselves. It's in verse two. It says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Now that's a really good question, isn't it? Like, why do we do what we do so often? Why do we spend so much time and so much money and so much labor thinking that that's gonna satisfy? When, when it really gets right down to it, we know it's not. But yet we still just keep running after it, don't we? I mean, because that's gotta satisfy at some point in time. I mean, being popular has gotta satisfy at some point in time. I mean, after all, look at all the people in the world who are so popular and are just so got their lives together for the Lord. Okay, maybe that doesn't accomplish it. We just keep chasing after things. That's just what's going on. That's what sin does to us. We're bent away from just chasing after the Lord. We're bent in different directions. We just have that tendency, reality to it. I just love the honesty of the Bible here. It's like, why, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Every moment of every day, is about you and I seeking satisfaction for something. What am I wanting right now? And now, and now, and now. That's what life is. It's a series of what I want right now. And we oftentimes get so lost in what we want. And yet the Lord just says, come. Come, thirsty for me, just, just come after me. I will satisfy. So then he has this question on the table, then there's this divine request. Verse two, he says, listen, diligent to me. The Lord is speaking. 
and eat. And eat what is good. And, by the way, look at this. For some of you who think that life with the Lord is a bummer, you need to underline this next phrase. And delight yourself in rich food. I love this. It's a request to listen and to eat. It's to listen diligently. It's to eat good, rich food and to delight in it. By the way, uh, the Lord is not saying, yeah, I got some scraps for you that's left over. I've got some spam. I've got some fast food half burgers that are kind of left. I got that for you. If you want to come, I can give that to you. And especially if you've lived a lousy life, well, then I'll give you the scraps of the scraps. It's none of that. Hear me. It's none of that, none of that. Everybody say none of that. It's none of that. The Lord is just saying, everyone, everyone, whatever your life has been, whatever you have done, everyone is everyone, but everyone who thirsts, come and eat and drink. Come on, man, dive in, fall out, fall in. I'm not going to give you the scraps. I'm going to give you the best that I have. Eat. I'm like, friends, it's Dove Dark Chocolates, Ruth's Chris Steaks. It's like everything you ever want, it's there. Come, come and eat and delight yourself in it. By the way, delighting yourself, just, I love, you know, I love the passage of Revelation 4 and 5 where all the living creatures and all, all of creation is around the throne. And the Lamb who is the lion, steps in, and steps in and grabs the scroll from the father's hand. And just the scene that is going on, it starts in and it moves out of the four living creatures and then the, the, the 12 pres uh, presbyteros and the, they're, they're, all, they're all just nonstop. Oh, it's just like that. Oh, praising the Lord, so thankful. God, you rock, you rock. You I don't see heaven bummered out people. I, you know, and we don't understand. What are we going to do? Like, is it going to be any fun? Know this. Every time we see scenes like this, it's constant, nonstop delight. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be so awesome beyond what you can imagine. Driving over this morning, Karen was saying, I feel like we're about to have our first child with this whole sabbatical thing. It's, it's like that. You're, you're so excited about it, but we have no idea what's going to happen. We just know life is going to be different after this afternoon. And other than that, I don't know. But I do know this about this. The Lord says, come and delight. Absolute delight in it. Listen, following the Lord is not a bummer. And I'm thirsty for this party. You? More thirst in us, Lord. And then we come to verse three. Verse three is a key driving verse for our sabbatical, and I think it finishes our series. What does it look like to do life with the Lord? Friends, we're, we're action people. We're earn it people. We're, you, you get food, you get delight, you get by earning it. We're, we're earn, earn, earn people. But the Lord's economy is altogether different. 
And I want to put this on the table, this next verse here, these first two lead up to this, this next verse here is what we are purposing ourselves to be doing over the next three months. I want to call you and charge you to do the same. Come with us. That would actually be a blast. I don't think there's enough room in the camper, but, <laughs> but join us here in this verse. Look at what verse three says. First, what does it look like to thirst after? Incline your what? Incline your ear. It's stretch out your ear. It means to bend your ear to something. It means to, to lean in. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, actually, it's not even the listening part yet. It's just the, you have my attention, and, 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 and I'm actually going to just like lean in, and I'm going to incline my ear that way. I'm positioning myself. I'm placing myself in such a position that my body is beginning to show that what I, my intent is here. Incline your ear. By the way, there's no casualness in this. It doesn't just happen. It's something that you do purpose towards. Might I say, slow down with the activity and purpose to lean in to the Lord. By the way, this is an invitation. It's like the Lord is saying, hey, in incline your ear to me. Bend it. Turn it and tune. That means tune out some things. And that means tune in someone. The Lord here. That's the idea. Go ahead, Lord. Speak. My ear is turned to you. And the second thing, and come to me. I love this. This is kind of a little bit more of a, even a higher up level of the physical part of the person. It's listening in to listen followed by movement toward. It's leaning in and moving toward. It's like I can stand here and I can kind of turn my ear and even lean in a little bit, but it's even more intensity. It's like, you know, no, I'm like going to start heading towards, Lord, you got my attention and I'm moving all of me towards you. What an imagery of that. And we're like, no, what are we supposed to do? Hey, how about this? Slow down. That's it. Hey, by the way, you can do that. Yeah, but I don't know all the theology of the Bible. I don't even know the Bible very well. No, but you can do that. For all who are thirsty, do that. Turn your ear, tune it in, and lean in. Oh, and then, by the way, it helps us. And here. That's actually important because, frankly, we can kind of like incline our ear and we can even begin moving towards and then all of a sudden a squirrel can start running and we're off. <laughs> right? 
Or it's like, holy moly, my phone just went off again. And I've got ding, I've got some things to do. And how am I going to get that done? How am I going to pay the bills? Listen, I understand it. I understand it. I understand it. But this is the kind of passage where the Lord says, come, and followed right after the come. Come eat, come drink the best of the best. And, and, and in, that, in that, just shh, just shh, just shh, just slow down. That's hard, right there. And then tune your ear, turn it, lean in, move toward. Oh, and, and here. Okay, Lord, I'm positioned and I'm placed in the right spot. And I'm thirsty. And I'm thirsty, Lord, for some rich food, some, some finest of drink. Because I am thirsty and hungry. And Lord, I'm positioned. Listening diligently to the Lord earlier in the text, it said, listen diligently. By the way, this is so often where so much bad theology starts coming into play. Everybody's looking for a mystical word from the Lord. Just a couple words on that. It's kind of oftentimes it's like, here I am, Lord, my ear is turned now. Give me my own word. Um, friends, the Lord already has. No, but I want my own. I would love that too. I will tell you, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. I don't think you will ever hear me even use that imagery of the Lord doing a work through his word, through the spirit of God. I just don't use that because I think it communicates the wrong thing. Listen, two ways that God reveals himself. One, general revelation. General revelation. Romans chapter one, I mean, this is outside of you. Talks about the invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that evade so that they are without excuse. Hey friends, go out, look around, stop, sit, look around, look to the heavens, look to the outer skies, look at how things are made. God didn't just make one little tree. God made a whole vastness of trees. God just didn't make one little flower. God made all kinds of flowers. Oh, and you're just telling me that just happened on total randomness with no divine creator? I'm so sorry, but look around. I can't believe that. There is a God. There is. And Romans 1 challenges all of us to go out and just take a look around. By the way, seriously, for sabbatical, that is one of the key reasons why we are purposely positioning ourselves where we're going. I just want to be where it's awesome. I love Indiana. But when we sat down with this whole thing, we were like, I want to go to some unlike places where it's more than corn and soybeans. And I just want to be in Romans 1 for a while. 
And so why are we going to the particular places we're going? I just straight up with you. Those are kinds of places that for Karen and I are like we just want it to speak. General revelation. Ecclesiastes 3.11, even inside of us, God has set eternity in the hearts of mankind. Special revelation. Why is it that we as a church champion this so much? We're just not the kind of church. If you're used to a church where they go read a verse and then just start talking, we're not that kind of church. And there's a reason we're not that kind of church. We walk through this thing because this is the word of God. By the way, that's not just a cute little idea. That is a reality here. This is the word of God's open it, dive into it. The spirit of God uses the word of God in God's people. Let's go there. Let's eat. That's what's going on here. My two things in my first 10 years have been for people to come back in love with the Bible again because people are leaving this thing. They do not see it as the first place to go for hope and help. That this is like a doofus book that was without potential and without sustenance and without power. What's with that? This is where it's at, and I want people to love their Bibles again. And out of that, knowing that when we love God's word, we will then love God more. And this is why it's eat it, chew it. You don't want to hear what I have to say. We want to hear what God's word has to say. And I want for you to fall back in love with this and to see that this is the hope and the help and the sufficient, powerful word of God that here gives us everything we need for life and godliness, 1 Peter chapter 1. Seriously, friends, do you understand that the scripture says this gives us everything we need for life and godliness? I honestly, I think nowadays we look at it and we go, yeah, it gives me about 10% of what I need. Well, then God's a liar. This is the food of the meal. Incline your ear. Eat it up. That's creepy. (laughs) Chew it up. Drink it up. Take it in. And I hope over these years that what God has taught me in my past about that the God's word is three-dimensional, not two-dimensional, that that hunger for you would increase. God's word. So when trials hit, when troubles hit, when finances hit, when relationships hit, when discouragement hits, when death hits, when life hits, when hurts hit, when all of those things, the first thing we are thinking of is what does God's word have to say about it? Loved ones, incline your ear. Come to the Lord here why look at the text that your soul may live 
By the way, it's not just that you would feel good today. It's not just that you would have a happy moment. Listen, following the Lord is hard because we live in a broken world and we are broken people. But come, incline your ear, lean into it, and hear so that your soul, not just the moment, but so that your soul, which scripture says, uh, is broken before the Lord, that your soul may be able to live. This is no surface solution. This is no temporary fix. This is no partial add-on. This is no catchphrase uh, moment kind of a thing. This is the that your soul may live but God solution of Ephesians chapter 2. But you were dead in your sins upon sins. Verse 3, verse 4. But God, rich and mercy. But God, abounding in love, when we were dead, we were made alive in Christ. God is the one who does the, the what, what is it, what's the, CPR, does, does the whole poof thing, that your soul may live. This is the, this is the, that your soul may live tree planted Psalm 1 reality. Blessed is the one who is the delight of the law of the Lord and on his law he, she meditates day and night. Uh, he, she is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaves do not wither. It's like Psalm 119, 40. Oh, how I long for your precepts. It's Psalm 119, 131. I open my mouth and I pant. I pant because I long for your commandments, God, I long for them. And you don't need a special word. You need this word. Thirsty people go at this. I hope God is making you thirsty right now. And verse three, and I, the Lord, will make with you an everlasting covenant. We talked about covenanting, a covenant in God last weekend. My steadfast, sure love for David last Sunday, 1 Samuel 14, God is a covenanting God. We do not construct the covenant relationship structure with God, but we are invited to be recipients and participants that includes God covenanting himself with us. Do you get that? When we come into relationship with him and dine with him, he just doesn't let us in the door. He covenants himself to you, to us. God has covenanted himself back. God, not a friend, not a really cool person, not someone who's famous, not someone who's mega rich. God. God covenants himself in relationship with you. Who doesn't want that, man? Maybe I should say, thirsty people want that. Ever since sin entered the picture, 
God has lovingly and graciously and actively been on a redeeming work invitation mission that goes all the way back to David. Listen, when God covenants himself to you, know this, it's not just an independent thing, it's tied to God at work from all of past, ever since Genesis chapter three, when sin came into the picture. God has been on a covenanting himself back uh, mission, an invitation mission with you. And he desires, he doesn't need us, but he desires that we would come and covenant with him, that he might covenant with us. Friends, we see God way too small. And sometimes we're so busy that we lose sight of the depth of the reality. And so come. Come and eat. Come and drink. Karen and I are given this unique opportunity to kind of step away. Oh, we're going to miss you guys. It's part of this. I feel like I'm giving a, getting a three-month time out. But as we're away, needing to get away, might you in some way, over these coming months, might you in some way join us? And just take some dedicated time, even if it's an evening or a day, and just Shut it all down. I'm just wondering on what day, what week are we going to crash and not know what to do? But that's okay. Just to shut it all down. And incline our ear. And lean in. Move toward that your soul may live, knowing that in that he will, he will feed with rich food, with the best of drink. That your soul may live. It's not built on a moment. It's built on since the foundation of time, including what God did through David in establishing the way for the Messiah to come. Thirsty friend, have you come to know Christ as your Savior? If not, today you have to talk with someone. May I note this? Every relationship has a starting story. Anyone you have a relationship with, especially a covenant relationship. Married couples, you know when you got married. Guys, you better be thinking right now about it. And do you have such a starting story? If not, come.
whether it's come after the service and talk to someone here or it's to sit and talk with someone around you. I don't have a starting story. Can you tell me what that is? Come, repent, and receive Christ as your Savior. Thirsty ones redeemed in Christ, incline your ear. Shut it all down. Straight up with you. I haven't been good at doing the shutdown at all in the last 10 years. But I'm going to learn how. Come join us in that adventure.